I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Mischief Makers, your one-stop shop for all things mischief. Join your host, Dave Hearn, as he finds out what makes mischief, well, mischief. And we're on. Welcome to Mischief Makers. Um, you might be listening to this thinking, that's not Dave. Um, and you're right in thinking that. Um, this is Jonathan standing in for Dave, um, interviewing the wonderful Charlie Russell today. Um, so, yes, I, I, I wrote a little introduction, which is um, Charlie's an actor, a collaborator, recently a producer, a podcast creator, and also a general positive influence on the world, in my opinion. She's one of my oldest friends, um, and I'm really pleased to be chatting to her. So, um, hello, Charlie. Hello, Jonathan. That was really lovely. Okay, that's okay. I've been working on that all day. Oh, well, it was nice. Cheers, mate. I'm glad. So I've, I've kind of got a few rules from Dave. So the first one is um, I've been told there's no editing on this. So whatever we, we say, it's in. Mm. Oh, right. Um, and also uh, there's no jingles. There's no kind of like computerised songs and all that kind of stuff. So for each segment... You have to come up with your own jingle. In fact, you you hosted last week, didn't you, with Harry? So you 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 know this. I am aware. I am aware. Yeah, I'm nervous so, about the challenge. That's okay. That's okay. Look, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're we're both kind of feeling our way into this and the, and the kind of mm. rhythms and all that kind of stuff. I've never done this before, so I'm just kind of, you know, making sure we're we've got the levels right and all that. Um, and the first bit we do mm. is getting. And you have to come up with a jingle for getting to know you. So could I have a jingle, Charlie, for the getting to know you section? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. Getting to know you. Getting to know you. That's what we do. It nice. It did, it did. It, was, it probably got too low for you at the, at the end. It got too low for me. <laughs> but I like that. That was good. It was good. It was kind of sultry. Jazzy. Um, it suggests that getting to know you is going to be troubling, but I don't think it will. <laughs> well, you've already done it over many years, so you could probably answer that better. 
I've, I've found it troubling at parts, but for the most <laughs> part, you know, a, a, a joy. Oh, Where are you at the moment? What are you doing? I am in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in my house as well. So the bedroom is in the house. And um, today has been a sort of day off, uh, which is, sounds a bit ridiculous when I don't actually have anything to do normally. But I've decided to give myself a weekly day off, which to try and give the rest of the week um, a bit of shape. Um, yeah, I think this good. might be useful even when we're just unemployed actors. It doesn't have to be for this sort of strange time that we're all in. Um, and so I've been I've been trying to bake bread. Yes. How's it going? Well, it, it's interesting. It's going. I'm going to let things prove overnight um, and bake them tomorrow. So um, I'll let you know how it goes. We tried it. It's tough baking bread. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's a lot of stuff on the internet. Everyone's telling you know, saying how well it's gone, and lots of wonderful pictures. And I, I don't feel like I'm going to be allowed in that club. But people only post the things they're proud of. No one, no one shares their kind of first attempt. They're sharing their eighth attempt. Do you I reckon? Think, I think so. Yeah, I think there's a lot of bad bread okay. that's made, and then people just present the good bread. So if you're listening to this, mm. and you've made some bad bread. You you should share it. You should, you should share the bad bread more. Share the bad bread. Mm. So, Charlie, I thought the first question I would ask you um, is, is is just tell me about where you're from and where you grew up. And I Because I know that that's a slightly longer question um, for you than it than, than <laughs> me. So, um, so, Charlie, tell, tell us all about um, where you grew up and, and just a bit about your kind of, uh, yeah, about, about kind of how you brought up and stuff. Well, um So my dad uh, was in the Navy Mm -hmm. for a really long time. And so when I was born, he was still in the Navy. And so I was born in Scotland, in Faslane, which is where all the nuclear submarines are, uh, because my dad was a nuclear submariner. And then I lived in the Lake District, uh, so near Barrow and Furness, which is another submarine place, uh, for about 10 years in total, I think it was. So I was about I think I was like 11 when I left I'd also lived with my grandma for a couple of years in Birmingham uh, when my uh, mum was not very well and my dad was away I lived in Northwood in North London which was the uh, big combined forces base Um, and I lived there that was like during, it was such a strange time. I think 9-11 and the Kursk incident and everything, that's from where we were. And then my dad left the Navy. We moved to Bedford, which is in the east of England, the bum of England. If you look at, if you look at the map of England, it's, it's the pig's bum. And um, I lived there from the, from the age of, um, well, year nine. And, and then my dad, and, and my dad still lives there now. So uh, if I go home for Christmas, that's where I go. Bedford. So I, I would say now, I think I can say I'm from Bedford. But then also, I did live a long time in the Lake District. And then also my family, a lot of my family's from Yorkshire. And two, my two sisters, uh, my two blood sisters live there now and have lived there for a really long time. They're in so Leeds, also, aren't they? Yeah, that they was louder, live in wasn't Leeds. it? That was louder than, than before when I said that. <laughs> loud Leeds. That was really Leeds loud. <laughs> Leeds, right? They, they live in Leeds. Yeah, and they've lived there for a really, really long time. And that's where my grandma was and uncle and auntie there. So I also feel like Leeds is a bit like home. But then now I've been living in London for 10 years. But that's I the feel thing. like I'm if from you, London. If, I was going to say, if I say now, like, where's home? 
where, where, where does your heart lie? Where do you long for? Oh, I'm Londoner then. Really? That's so interesting. I wouldn't live anywhere else. I love it. Mm. And and you've lived in New York as well, obviously. Yeah, well, for six months, yeah, with you guys. And, and that was incredible. I think that was maybe the only other place that I would want to live. I kept saying to people, everyone's like, what do you think of New York? And I said, I think what it is, is that I'm married to London and I have a deep sort of um, love for London and it's going to last forever. But I'm having a sordid affair with New York <laughs> for a little while. I, like, I love London. Like, it's really cool and, you know, I, I'll be here for a while. But it's it's not, um, I mean, Lucy, my wife, we talk about this a lot because it's not my home. Like, I don't mm. have a London home kind of feeling. I'd be happy I wonder in, that you know a, country, a little cottage in the Lake District or something like that. I wonder if that's because you grew up in the same place and stayed in the same place for a long time. Whereas I, because I moved around so much, I've been waiting for my home place. And when I was really young, and I, I came down to London to watch my dad run the marathon. Um, I apparently I said to him then oh dad this is where I'm going to live one day and I had it in my mind that one day I would move to London and be an actor and so now I'm here maybe there's a sort of coming together of all those elements that makes me feel like it's home that's cool well actually you just you just did a little segue then into my next bit which is obviously we're going to talk about mischief and we're going to talk about acting and work and things but a really cool thing about you is um you've got lots of I think I think you're quite a well-rounded person you've got lots of different interests and um we've got a shared one which is we've started doing a lot of long distance running and you did your first half marathon recently didn't you yeah I did the um the Royal Parks half marathon in October um, and I, I've always really enjoyed running. I'm not necessarily particularly good at it, but I, um, I do really like it. You're incredible, John. <laughs> You're so good at it. Um, but I've, well, yeah, being small does help. I really do think it does. Yeah. We're quite sort of wily people, <laughs> so we could keep going. <laughs> and I quite like that. Um, the long distance thing. I find it quite meditative. Like if you asked mm. me to swim for ten lengths, I would get so bored. But if you ask me to run for two hours, I'm I'm quite happy with that. It's nice, isn't it? And as well, the the kind of event nature of it, I, th- I think I just find it so cool. It's just one of those things where loads of people come together. You've got all the different runners and usually they've all got different kind of charities on the back. So you kind of learn about all these mm. different causes that exist. And you've got all the people that were, were there people playing music as you ran around. Oh, yeah, there was people playing music. There were um, loads of stands and like, people cheering. And then what was really sweet, so I was running for a charity, but I didn't have um, like a special shirt for them because um, I just wanted to wear my normal stuff. And so I put my name on my bib, as you're sort of mm-hmm. you told you can do if you like. And people, total strangers, would just have read my name and go, go on, yeah. Charlie, keep going. And it, I found so it nice, really moving it? that these strangers made a connection to you just to say, well done. I found it really, really moving. <laughs> I loved it. Um, sadly, this is, I am this is a ridiculous now. story. Oh, really? Oh, no. What happened? Yeah, I've got, well, through that, um, through the running, I've got tendinopathy or tendinitis. So I tried running today and I could do six minutes before I had to stop. So I'm on a rehab program right now. Is that where your knee, is it in your knees and your shins? It's actually in my groin and my hip. It's my um, mm. hip flexors in my groin and something. I don't really understand it, but lots of people have told me I have to chill out on the running, basically. But tell your funny story. That's much more interesting. 
Oh, no, it was amazing. just the first the first time I ever did a race. I saw a little group of people and they were going, come on, Jonathan, come on. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, some friends have come to say, to say, you know, do the running. Well done, mate. Um, so I was like, hey, guys, and like shouted, thanks for coming. And they looked kind of puzzled because I just thought I must know them. And then as more and more people shouted, come on, Jonathan, run, I realized I didn't have that many friends. And they were, in fact, just reading off the massive badge. Um, <laughs> but no, it's amazing doing a run. I, I, re- I really, mm. really love it. And um, in the, oh, a, lot, a lot of your family are kind of involved in charity as well, aren't they? Yeah, so my uh, sister, Katie, um, is media spokesperson, coordinator extraordinaire for Rape Crisis England and Wales. She also founded um, Sarsville, which is a local charity in Leeds, um, which is a helpline for um, survivors of sexual violence in Leeds and domestic violence. And then my dad, after leaving the Navy, he was the CEO of the Harper Trust or the Bedford Charity for 17 years, uh, which is a grant-giving charity, runs mm-hmm. schools, almshouses, um, help for the homeless and the elderly in the Bedfordshire area, and also gives money out to other smaller charities. Um, yeah, I ran for Women's Trust, and Dave is a trustee for uh, Christmas for Kids, and you're really, yeah, really amazingly charitable, and it's sort of a big thing in our lives, isn't it, really? I think when you feel so lucky that you've been handed a lot of good fortune, um, it, it just feels quite right to try and share it a bit, doesn't it? I, just, I don't mean to yeah, sound definitely. a saint. I'm not like some, yeah. No, I think we've, not a hero know, we've, we've anything, had a good, no, just... we've had some good breaks in the last three years for sure. So I think it's only right to, to try and pay it forward a little bit and, and do what you can, definitely. mm, mm. If you weren't yeah. an actor, I just always remember. You... Go on. You go. No, oh, see, it's hard. If I can't see you, it's 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 hard. This isn't it. You know, I would glad. It really like, is. It's good what he does. It's good because he's never doing that. You, uh, the bit that they're never doing that on the podcast <laughs> I'm listening to. Well, but then they have editing stuff. Why don't we? They, don't... So that's why. That's why, like the one I do with George, I edit. So I edit this bit, these bits out, but we don't edit them to provide, you know, the real raw experience. Um, well, go on. I'll tell this teeny story, and then you ask me the question. So the just thing is, I also grew up with my mum, were was very charitable and generous. So it was absolutely standard that every Christmas you organised a a hamper to give to a, you know the charities that then provided that food hamper for smaller charities mm-hmm. and. Um, she was always that was just part of our lives that's just what you did so uh it yeah it feels natural to me we actually managed to get those seats at the at the duchess uh a couple of nights a week for the play that goes wrong you can buy these seats um that are in a really good spot yeah and then the profit of that seat so you pay the full price but the theater only takes the amount that it needs to cover the cost of the seat and um, the rest of it goes to crisis which is the uh, leading homelessness charity for single people and individuals and um, I think over a few years we raised something like 10 grand yeah definitely I think it yeah I think it's such a good initiative and it really really works and it's sustainable and it's long term it means the charity can plan no it's it's great it's very good would you like me to ask the question now Yes, you may ask the question now. I don't know what the question is, but I'm excited. 
Another question was just given your family's background, if you weren't an actor, do you think you would have gone into the public sector or working in charity or fundraising or so, or something like that? Do you, do, you, do you think that's what you'd have done? Or? Do you know what? I have never thought about that before. I actually, of course, that would make total sense. Um, I think fundraising is particularly challenging and probably not something I'd enjoy. I'd be more interested maybe in campaigning. Um mm-hmm. I've always thought because I really enjoy politics, as I know you do, but there is no there is no salary big enough that could could encourage me to go into politics as a politician. But um, I think campaigning on single issues or or specific issues I would be interested in. Um, But also the other thing I'm quite interested in would have been maybe being like a correspondent. So going to countries and reporting on on conflict or things that are happening. I would quite like that. I'm Charlie Russell standing outside the... And then you'd say the thing you were standing outside, obviously. Yeah, yeah I could see you doing that. You'd be good at that. But you shouldn't, because oh. you should you should stay and be funny. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't I get think. much chance to be funny, would you, if you're just, like, in, in a war-torn country. It's like so you don't want a funny war correspondent. No, that, that's <laughs> not the place for it. So you'd be like, oh, come on, mate, what are you doing there? You can't do yeah. a silly walk. No. Um, you couldn't. Um, I'm going to go on to the next question, which is just okay. the final one of kind of getting to know you, which is, so the reason why I'm doing this today is because I think out of everyone in mischief, I've known you the longest and you've known me the longest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we, we met at a kind of foundation drama school and I, I, just, I just thought we'd talk, we'd talk briefly about that. Maybe you could share some memories that you have of me and I could share some of you and then, and then we'll move on. Oh, it was such a wonderful time. And in fact, I'm going to let you, you're going to end this section when you think it's kind of run dry by, by popping in with the, uh, with, with the old uh, tune. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Like so when you've had enough, time. you're going to call it. I'm, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> wow. The pressure. Okay. Um, yeah. so we met in the, what was September of 2007? I think yeah, it was so, 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was straight after school for me, and um, and I you, shared a right? photo and on Twitter. You, you had kinder. <sighs> you, there were there were kinder comments about your appearance in that photo than mine, <laughs> for sure. True. Yes, a little. <laughs> the weird that. one that I got though was people were like, "Geez, you've aged." To me, and I, I didn't. You know, out of the there are negative things to say about my appearance for sure, but I, I didn't think that it was one of age. But um, Twitter no. has told me that it that it is. You and I are the baby faces a lot mm. of the a lot of the time, aren't we? Um, mm. I do get told I don't age, which isn't true. Um, I just wear a lot of sellotape, pulling back my skin, and it's all set <laughs> under my hair. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we met. I remember meeting you on the first date so specifically because we sat in this big circle and we got chatting, and you and I got chatting before like the whole thing even started, and I I already was laughing, and I was like, this guy is excellent and then in the break I I did not drink coffee or tea particularly but now I'd left home I was like I'm a grown-up I'm gonna drink coffee and you were like should we go and get a coffee should we go across the road to the cafe I was like yeah all right and so off we went over the road to the cafe and picked up a coffee and, and a red bull as well and a chocolate bar and I was just like yeah this guy is gonna be my friend I just knew it on the first day it was so it was- great it was a very good time. It was a very good, um, a very good place to grow up. I, I remember you being um, 
just really this is going to this is meant as a total positive but i remember you being one of the most sincere people i'd ever met um and just being really <laughs> like that's a really good thing because you you know you just just being very honest and very upfront but i just remember you just having such a passion for words really and 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 for acting and i remember finding that very very cool because um, I never really met anyone who was, who was so in love with theatre and so in love with performing, I don't think, before in my life, I would say. Yeah, I I've, I was obsessed with it from a really young mm. age and I was so excited to be allowed to just do what I wanted to do because I'd got a bit frustrated at school doing my A-levels. Um, I remember a teacher, a really great teacher, my politics teacher, just being like, look, I know. I know you just want to go and be an actor, but trust me, just get these A-levels. You'll be pleased you have them and then you can you can go off and act to your heart's content, you know, as far as you're allowed. And uh, and when we when we started in Cambridge, I was just like, yes, nine to five, nine to ten. I don't care. We'll just be doing it every day. Um, but I've always been told I'm a bit sincere. At parties, I can get a bit serious. I'm, I'm not very good at banter. I often quite quickly talk about a serious subject. I'm just interested in people's um, dark sides and I don't trust people when I can't see the dark side or the edge. I think, I think it's be better really to be... Hiding. I think it's better to be... For people to be like, you know, people to find you sincere, surely, than for people to be like, ah, oh, she's, she's very insincere. Yes, no, that's true. I suppose the opposite is poor, isn't it? You being insincere yeah. and disingenuous would be a negative thing. So thank you. No, I do appreciate that. Um, I remember you being hysterically funny and having boundless energy. Boundless. Like you you energy for every subject, even even something you didn't like or you didn't think you were very good at, you would still do it, you know, with a hundred percent. I remember you doing dance and you uh you were pretty, pretty exciting on the dance floor. <laughs> I was, I was. I'm an energetic dad. What I lack in technique, I make, like Harry, what I lack in technique, I, I certainly make up in enthusiasm. Although I'm a, I'm a mean tap dancer. I'm a good tap dancer. You are. That was a revelation when I saw you tap dancing. That was awesome. <laughs> but it was when we did, um, do you remember we did, was it All That Jazz from Chicago? As a, yeah, as no, a that, that's not my uh, a kind of Bob Fosse sexual kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's not. I don't really have the hips for that kind of work, you know. And my, Darling, my hips, I disagree. Because I have no flex. No, in, in the lockdown, we've, we, me and Lucy have started doing this kind of morning yoga thing, and I just have no flexibility at all in any of my body, but my hips and my back are just particularly just like, you know, they're just, they're gridlocked. It, it wasn't the ideal Jonathan dance, but you still made it incredible. Don't you worry. Mm. The energy. Um, and then I remember, I remember this isn't something I promote, but I do remember being Ooh. drunk a lot. No, we you would know, get that's, that's, drunk. We do, I think when you're 18 and you, and you, you kind of leave home for the first time and you're finding out who you are, you, 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 you definitely, you definitely have a drink, don't you? That's part of, but also you and I. <laughs> I found you to be a quite a, a a a bad influence on me. I'm sure it was that way around. Um, but I remember, I remember when your friends from Manchester came to visit, and I was really desperate to impress your old friends from Manchester. She'd been talking about them and stuff, and so I tried to keep up with them. 
drinking wise. Oh, you um, should do that. But I didn't drink beer. No, and I wasn't drinking beer. They were drinking beer, and I was <laughs> drinking cocktails. <laughs> and I believe that's the night where I I fell over and flew. Uh, down the tarmac uh, on my way home and had scrapes all up my arm. That might have also been the night where I accidentally knocked one of your teeth out. Not my, I, I don't remember that. You knocked one of my teeth out. Not your teeth, your filling. <laughs> your filling. Yeah, yes, yes, but that always comes out. That that always comes out. Oh, well, take away my thunder, mate. Sorry, I yeah. I knocked no, out filling by being a, a hot mess. But no, no, no they always come out. My front tooth got knocked oh, out with a yo-yo um, when I when I was like really young when I was like eleven. Oh, that is distressing. Yeah, no, I know. So it, sometimes it pops out. It doesn't now because now I've now mm. I've had it fixed proper. Mm. I think if well, ever yeah. there was a time for you to 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 sing the song. Oh yeah, do, I was about to do no, it. No, and I forgot your that call. I had to sing. It's the your song. Call. Uh, getting to know you is done. And we learned a little bit it's about done. my tooth also. There you go. Excellent. Da-da. Thanks. Da-da. So we're now on to questions from the web. Um, so immediately, you know, straight back out of the frying pan into the fire with another jingle for questions from the web. Go. Questions from the web. Questions from the web. Questions from the web. Very good. Have you thought about these jingles before we started? Absolutely not, no. (laughs) Really? Oh, I see. I thought you'd be a planner. Yeah, I th- I, do you know what? When I was interviewing Harry, I thought to myself, oh, I better do a plan. You know, I am, I do like to plan ahead. Um, and then I completely forgot. And I thought maybe it's better just to improvise them because they'll be, they'll have a bit more sincere, um, a bit more sincerity and a bit more spontaneity to them. That's good. I'm now going to ask you the first question from the web. So I've chosen mainly mischief questions. Um, good. So that, that's why a lot of the getting to know you stuff, I kind of avoided mischief and work. So the first question is, what was your favourite episode of The Goes Wrong Show? And which was your favourite character to play? So I think that's good that there were two of those questions because I think my favourite character uh, to, for Sandra to play was... Um, Barbara Burgess from 90 Degrees. Yes. With the Southern accent and the swagger um, and the sass. But I think my favourite overall episode would be the pilot. Uh, Not the pilot because even though there, I mean, all of them I really, really enjoy. Um, I did get to have a really good time personally in the pilot. I had quite a lot to do and I had a really cool character where actually if it was the goes right version, I would have quite liked to have played her as well. The same as um, Barbara Burgess. And then also I just thought it had a nice mixture of the big um, spectacle goes wrong things, but also mm-hmm. little, like just subtle, new nuanced, if you can call any of our work nuanced, um, <laughs> <laughs> subtle goes wrong things as well. Um, and I love a period drama that's meant to be serious that you pull apart. So I think it's got to be the pilot. Yeah, I, I, that was one of my favourites as well. I found actually that 90 Degrees, although it's one of my favourite to watch and I really enjoy the responses to it, it was probably my least favourite to do just because it was it was mostly mm. uncomfortable. Like the filming process was often just, just quite uncomfortable. 
and it was quite stressful because there were so many logistical things of you know like is that you know is that even possible you know will will people get hurt <laughs> doing that there, you know there was so much kind of red tape around it and stuff so no i think i think mm. i think i i think i'm with you on that one um so my next question just just jumping straight forward is um yeah, this is a good question, this, because I've, I've got an opinion on this question. A lot of people have said, how do you manage, Charlie, to keep a straight face and not burst into laughter? Now, I, I, I have my opinions on this, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you answer first. <laughs> is your opinion that I don't? That is definitely my opinion. Like, you're dreadful at it. <laughs> and not just, not just no, on TV right, where we okay. can cut, just on stage, you're often just flopping about... Pissing no, yourself. I right, can't say okay. that kind of because I'm not editing, <laughs> laughing. You're definitely a corpser. I am. I yeah, okay, I'm a corpser. And you know what? I think that's just a sign of how much fun I'm having, but also how in the moment I am. You know, I'm mm. re- I'm receptive to all the different things that are happening on, on stage. No, so I have to refute that I actually haven't corpsed as much in the TV series as people think I have. But comedy about a um, bank robbery, for example. I mean, you know, you were oh no, that was a disaster on the motorway to Corp City. Yeah, no, that was that was the end of the I, second, I the, the end of the first act. Often, often, you'd, you'd be titillated by your performance or Dave's or something. It's very difficult. It's very difficult because it, it, it's a sort. Of, I mean, the mime sequence in in bank robbery with Dave, and then with Henry Lewis barreling in as Mr. Free Boys and then you've got Greg and then you've got you like it, it it's too much for someone to cope with it's just too funny but it would also be I think because um Dave and I quite enjoy like the little differences every night and trying to catch each mm-hmm. other out a bit and um and I would really push myself in that section to not be repeating myself even though it was quite well choreographed <clears throat> excuse me I was trying really hard to keep it fresh and and I think that sense of it being alive and in the moment yeah, no, I see that. It, it meant that you're the you're 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 walking a tightrope basically. To make it its absolute funniest, I need to be almost about to lose it, but just have control. But the problem is occasionally you kind of you tip over. But it's also just because I find you guys really funny. <laughs> no, I think it's fine, you know. Though. I mean I don't corpse, but equally I rarely know my lines, so we've all got our issues so I, I suppose that would just a, a good question to ask then is what do you think the funniest thing that has happened what, what's the funniest thing that you can think of that's happened on stage during a performance you know that's not supposed to that's that's made you that's made you kind of break out oh my gosh oh I wish I'd been had a moment to think about this one beforehand because there are just so many I um, thought about prepping you for this one I thought oh should I should I drop your text and say I'm, I might ask this I I lost it. This isn't that funny, but I just lost it myself when um, when I I forgot the most important line that I ever have in the play that goes wrong, and I forgot it on Broadway, and I just couldn't say it properly. So the line that it cues, not so fast, Inspector. Um, it, I just completely fluffed it, and <laughs> and just went blah, 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 blah. like I couldn't say words and then and then I turn around and Greg enters and I just was so shocked that I hadn't been able to say this line which I'd said a thousand times um and that I, I kept losing it and um and then every day when I got to that bit like I kept 
kind of having flashbacks to the moment where I forgot it and then that would make me um either laugh or freak out and forget it again uh, and then it became absolutely ridiculous but um <laughs> I'm trying to think it was probably all the stuff in mischief movie nights that really really got me I basically anything that that Josh Elliott does um really, really, really. do you remember cub scap or whatever it was it was a completely made-up game that occurred <laughs> because we couldn't somebody on stage again sort of fluffed like their words and said two different words at the same time a bit like sort of like bingo and jackpot and saying bing pot and they'd said uh cub scap or something which, which isn't a real word and then henry lewis was like oh now they play this game or was it you it was Henry, I can't. I it? can't remember. I do. Rem- I do remember. I, re- I remember this. It was quite a while ago, but I do remember because as soon as you said cupscap, I kind of started, started laughing. But I can't quite remember the details of it. But it's obviously got yeah, it kind of emotional effect on me. And it's like we play cupscap, and the idea is that we come on and we improvise a completely made up game. So it doesn't have any rules. So we're all in that second trying to make up some rules. But every single time, <laughs> Josh would just face the back of the stage bend over, put his hands on his knees, then coyly turn round to the audience and go, Cub And we'd all go, Cub yeah, And then Henry Lewis is like, no, that's not clear. We see it again, but it's much clearer. But we just refused to change it. And so it just got worse and worse and worse. And um, I lost it. One of my favourite mischief memories, one of my favourite mischief movie night memories, and potentially just one of my favourite memories in general, is we were in Cardiff doing Mischief Movie Night, and the final show we did there, it ended with the entire audience. It was a really big crowd as well that night. It's a big theatre in Cardiff. It ended with the whole theatre doing a rave with, like, crazy techno. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes, yes, that was so good. And actually, and everyone ran into the, the auditorium and was, like, dancing and yeah. people were crowd surfing and stuff. And that's, you know, that was that was so good. Or is it something for raving for the glassy ears, raving for the penguins, raving for the glassy ears? It was ridiculous. I was playing a penguin that was in a um, in a re- in a romantic relationship with a human being uh, who was played by Bryony, and we mm. I had a, an, a baby egg that I was looking after in this in in this show, and it was meant to be Dave, who was also a penguin. And the idea was that it was his baby egg. And then Bryony turns around and goes, you know who the real father of that baby egg is. And then I realised that she meant it was her, which made me completely lose it. And then Henry Lewis, who was playing, I was a baddie, but he was like my adversary. He just grabs this imaginary egg. And I thought, what's he going to do with it? And he just ate it on stage. Yes, I do remember that. And even though it's not real. It was real, such a joy to share that, share that show. <laughs> it, it just really so, shocked so me. Funny. It was a great day. Well, stepping away from Mischief Movie Night, someone asks if you could play any other character in any Mischief play or episode, male or female, who would you love to play and why? Oh, gosh, that's difficult, isn't it? If you include the Goes Wrong show, that makes it even harder because there are so many different variations. Mm. But um, I actually did say, I, I was asked this recently, and it's quite funny, I quite like to play um Sam from Bank Robbery or yeah. uh Max from the play that goes wrong which happens to be both Dave Hearn's characters um because my clown at, at drama school you know we talk about the corpsing thing 
but for mm. some reason it, in clown normally it's it's really bad if you're if you're clown your character clown laughs because it sort of takes everybody out of the moment but our teacher you know he was like I don't know why but when you laugh it's funny and it's okay and so you're allowed to corpse basically because that's part of your clown and so I Mm. think that would work quite well with um with Max and then Sam because I'd quite like to be cheeky that's nice. That's nice. And as well, we've, you've been asked, what was it like going wrong on Broadway? Oh, it was the best, wasn't it? It was a good day. It was a good six months. It was, It really was. Yeah, it was really, really cool. The audiences there were really supportive and really um, loud. And um, and everyone on Broadway was so kind to us and we made such good friends. Yeah, it's a great experience. Would you um, Would you want to go back? Definitely, yeah. It would be good. Yeah. I'm still in touch with, with you know, with, with so many people from out there as well. It, 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 was, yeah, it was just such a good time. Very, very special time. Um, did you find but... the audiences different out there or did you find them kind of similar or, or what? I'd say they were they were louder, uh, a little bit mm-hmm. more vocal in their appreciation. Definitely. Um, I, I really I did enjoy, you know, don't mean to be rude about our British audiences, but I, I did enjoy playing to a doing comedy for a New York audience. I found they were more immediate, you know, in, in the UK, you have to kind of ease, not, not ease the tension, but you have, you have to kind of preheat the oven a little bit, whereas... You have to win them over, yeah. Yeah, whereas, whereas in America, I find that just people are quite comfortable just being in hysterics, like, really early on. I found, I found that was the yeah, only was... slight difference. I, th- I found that what was interesting was if you think about the price of tickets, it's so much more expensive on Broadway, even mm. considering the, um, you know, the conversion rate or whatever. Um, yeah. And in, in Britain, it's like if you pay a lot for a ticket, then the audience sit there going, OK, I paid a lot. So you better impress me. Whereas the Americans are like, I've paid a lot for this ticket, so I am going to enjoy it and I'm going to make the most of it from the beginning. There's more of a sense of occasion, I think, on Broadway. I think just because it's all on one strip. Mm. But but then equally, I think that I've just got a different view because essentially I was on like a massive holiday when I was there. So, you know, I was was kind of living in this, you know, this bizarre, like we were all living so close to the theatre and, you know, so it's kind of in the centre parks of kind of comedy and theatre almost when you're out there that's so true and someone did say you know what's it like living in New York and I said oh you know if you get paid to be on Broadway and life's really easy then yeah New York is great I'm sure it's a really Mm. difficult place to live if you're struggling for cash or for your work and stuff we definitely had a had a dream ride over there definitely moving away from goes wrong someone says what was your Mm. favorite scene in grown-ups to perform Oh, that's really difficult. I think, and it, this might be a bit controversial, but I think my favourite scene in Grown Ups was the final scene. Yeah. Because it was this moment where we've been doing comedy, 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 comedy. And then I love basically sneaking up on an audience. You've made them laugh. You've made them feel really comfortable. And then you go, and now I'm going to, get you with something serious and um make you see that it's actually quite difficult for some of these characters what's going on so when um archie's character is revealed i won't say everything in case someone hasn't watched it and uh, my character is uh shocked and devastated and i thought it was a real gift to be able to play a serious 
scene that I thought you guys wrote brilliantly, by the way, and it was oh, really, you. really well directed by Kirsty. It was a gift to get to do that in the middle of a comedy show, and I didn't mind it. I found it kind of like an honour to have that bit in the comedy show because it's quite a difficult bit to do. Yeah, definitely. So, I thought that you and 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 Henry and Henry Shields played that kind of that final ten minutes really well. Um, I remember I always I always have one show where I kind of pop off and have a little watch and I remember really enjoying really enjoying the kind of final 20 minutes of the show a great deal oh thank you not 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 just because it's funny yeah just because it was was really really moving Mm, I was very very proud of that show yeah me too me too and I think it was good to to just challenge ourselves I think you know it was so good to just be doing something where, where you didn't have a preconceived idea of what the right answer was of like, well, you know, to do this, we need to make sure it's this. Like you really felt like mm. we were exploring and learning a new kind of genre or a new way of being funny. And I thought that was really enjoyable to be part of. Yeah, it was. And I think then on a personal level that trans that translated because I felt it was a nice um, moment for growth in my skills and my career. I was like, right, mm. I'm going to try. So this is challenging. This is going to be a challenge. I've not done this for a while. I used to be the tragedy uh, queen a bit at Lambda. I'm quite good at turning on the tears. So it was nice to kind of get my acting chops around it. It was great. Well, I found there were, there were bits where, yeah, I've just got so used to just delivering certain things with, with the cadence of, of a joke. So it was really nice as a... It was nice to just be reminded, well, don't, don't always put the punchline before the character or the punchline before the narrative because because the, you know there's a there's a richer payoff and you and you you know that when you're writing it I found that's what I found I found that I knew some of the lessons when I was writing it um and we were saying mm. well, you know we want to make sure that actually we're not being funny here we're, we're just you know this moment we're just going to leave it alone we can be funny later and then when you're on mm. stage I found that because I was so used to needing to have that kind of every three seconds boom there's a laugh boom there's a laugh I always I, yeah I had to fight to push back against that urge to just be like, well, there's where the laugh is because he didn't need the laugh. Yeah, that was a really good challenge. Mm. Yeah. And then last mischief question from the web is throughout your time with mischief, what's been a personal highlight for you that stayed with you or impacted your life the most? Which I thought was a really great question. Gosh. Mm. A heavy one. Well, maybe a heavy one. No, I think uh, impacting my life and a memorable moment in mischief. Mm. Yeah, I suppose just what what what's the thing that you remember the most, or that you look Do back you know on with most pride. Well, look, the pride. I mean, I'm proud of everything, and and particularly the goes wrong show was a moment of oh my god, we're doing it, we're making a sitcom for the BBC. This mm. is what this is what our heroes did. Mm. Uh, and we we now get to join them in a small way. That was incredible. Well, I love I, being part of the Christmas lineup. Like when the Christmas oh. kind of compilation ad comes on the BBC and we're part of it. I think that's the thing that just I, I can't help but grin when I see that. I find that so cool. Mm. And there's something about comedy TV and sitcom which um, it's a part of my family history. We would sit mm. down and watch all those comedy shows. That those are the things you actually remember, and those are the things you go back and watch again. And I'm so touched to hear that we are part of that for some other families. Mm. But I would say that something that has stuck with me for the rest, that will stick with me for the rest of my life, my life is the beginning. 
you know when we went to Edinburgh and we had nothing <laughs> and we had no help no PR no press uh, PR is press um no marketing uh we had to fly ourselves and do as many shows as we could and mm-hmm. um, there was something so wonderful about working really really hard but we all still had loads of fun and mm. no one was like oh I can't be bothered or, you know god I hate this like everyone loved doing all that extra work we were exhausted getting up really early to do promotional gigs on the top of a double-decker bus but top deck of a double-decker bus but we still did it there was a sort of mm. we reveled in the difficulty sometimes and I'd love so to go back to French. That. Yeah. And I think, you know, that <clears throat> there is something to be said for that that work that we put in then has paid off. It's like a pension. <laughs> a pound <laughs> at the beginning is worth more later. And I think those pounds we put in at the beginning have really, really paid off now because it helped to develop a sort of work ethic and and a sense of joy and it really built the company with a good strong foundation i'm just yeah, so proud definitely. of proud of it yeah and and skipping now onto something totally unrelated because you said you had a good answer to this what is the dumbest thing you believed as a child <laughs> so uh my sisters are a bit older than me they mm-hmm. are uh eight and 12 years older than me and when i was quite young um and they were like teenagers they would yeah. you know we'd be sat watching tv and they would fart and uh, and they would blame it on me. And I, I'd be like, it's not me, it's you. It's definitely you, you just farted. And they'd be like, no, Charlie, I think you farted. And I'd be like, I didn't, I didn't fart. It wasn't me, it was you. And they're like, no, Charlie, you did fart. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't. They go, maybe you did it without realising. I was like, what do you mean? Like, you could have done a subconscious fart. And I didn't really understand what that meant. I just, you How know, subconscious. Because how old you are really, really impacts what I think of you in this story. Because if you're like 15, then then a lot of my respect is gone for you. But if you were younger. It it, it began when I was younger, but what they didn't do was at some point tell me that that wasn't true. And I was then about 14 when I... Wow. was in a crowd of people and someone Dang. said who farted and I said I might have done it subconsciously <laughs> and everyone was like what that's ludicrous and I was like what do you mean and they're like you can't subconsciously fart that's not possible <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense and then I called up my sisters and like you never told me it wasn't true that's, that's so, ludicrous it's really stupid isn't it I was taking the rap for everybody else's farts for years. Like, in, I just think back to the amount of time somebody farted in the line for lunch and I would go bright red because I thought, well, that could have been me without realising. And so I would just be blamed for everybody's farts for ages. I tell you a ridiculous <laughs> thing that I used to believe. And actually, you were the one that told me that this wasn't the case. The word supposedly, until I was about 19... I I thought was supposedly, and I would use it. I would, I would use it quite a lot. And then one day you were like, "That that that is wrong." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and it was quite sharp because obviously you'd been living with it for you know for a while, and you were like, "That is wrong. It's supposedly." And I was like, "I don't think it is. I think it's supposedly." And you were like, "No, <laughs> for God's sake, look it up." <laughs> 
and, and it, and <laughs> oh, it was trust me to come in with it being irritated with people using words wrong I um <laughs> and then probably using another one wrong myself the minute after uh yes I do really remember that but then you used to just wind me up about it after a while you knew it was supposedly and then you would look in my face and say supposedly just well you say me. that supposedly but we don't know what's happened there what's going on there I am um, I, I I I fell backwards in mirth on my bed and um chucked the microphone halfway across the room I should have used that as a moment I've got a piece of toast next to me and at the beginning I thought I'm going to eat the toast and that'll be the kind of mood of this podcast it'll be informal there'll be toast eating and then, and then I washed yeah. out and I I, sh- I should have used the noise then to eat toast in fact will you bang your mic <laughs> no bang I'm it. not going to do that again I'll bang it no you're outrageous don't eat Mm. eating noises you are the worst that's good that's what what people listen to a podcast for the sound of mastication (laughs) that's what it's all about you're the worst can't edit that out Um, right two more more questions from the web there was loads for you there was so many so apologies to those who, who I'm not reading reading the questions. I've tried to cover them throughout this kind of interview as it goes. But um, the next one is, if you could have lunch with any famous person, who would it be? Mm. Also, they say hello. Hello. Um, what, the person I have lunch with is going to say hello? I hope so. Mm. But what, <laughs> what, what would the famous person be if you, if you were going to have lunch with them? Um... Oh my god! Oh, it's just so difficult, isn't it? I tell you, I'm going to come really back to it then. I'll ask you an easier one, which is just what game show or reality TV show do you think you'd have the best shot at winning? Yeah, I talked to Dave about this, so I think this is where a lot of people go wrong. But I'm still going to go wrong there, which is I feel like I could do Mastermind, right? Which okay, I know is a big topic. claim. <laughs> Well, that's it. I'm I'm quite what I'm good at doing, and this is how I pass all my exams. Is I'm good at cramming loads of information. I'm I'm quite good right. at recall, but then I'll just forget it as soon as I don't need it. And I reckon I could really Do you recall know, everything. Pardon? Is it total recall? <laughs> it's not total recall. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. Um, I am good at remembering things when I need to um, and quite good at revising. So I reckon I'd do something like um, the Northern Lights trilogy. I could get quite good at knowing all the details. I've read them all a few times, that kind of thing. Or the Book of Jane Eyre. And then I would just need to swat up on my um, general knowledge, which is... Is 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 not bad, but it's not. You know, if we're talking like regular standards, I'm I'm all right. If we're talking Russell standards, I'm pretty low down uh, mm. the table because my family are ridiculously good at trivia pursuit, trivial pursuit. Um, and then I think of reality show. I reckon I would do all right on Strictly Come Dancing because I am not a trained dancer, so I don't think the audience would feel tre- cheated. It was mm. not like I have trained in dance but I'm not a bad mover I pick up moves quite quickly um although I've got terrible points so maybe that would get me in trouble and really short legs yeah well they're not that short are they they're they're proportionate no no no, they're not they are disproportionate 
they are very short. Oh, that might lose you some points. It's embarrassing. I don't know. I, I don't yeah, really know. I don't know how ballroom to... dancing is marked. Do you need well, to have long legs to dance? Tango. It does help. It makes it look so much nicer. When you're like flicking it around, doing a sort of tango or something, then um, it does help to have long, slender legs. Not necessarily slender, just long. And hip flexibility. Mm. Mm. Well, I have too much of that. That's the problem. I don't know. So I reckon um, I reckon celebrity mastermind and and strictly. Okay. Um are you ready now to c- to come back to my previous question about famous person? Well, because I just I've just been thinking about game shows, haven't I? Okay, so I think I would pick um if you think about oh, it too long God. they're not going to come. They're going to see that invitation and they're going to say Olivia well, Coleman, Olivia Coleman. It's happened. Okay. Olivia, Olivia Coleman. Yeah. That's cool. She's she's a bit of a hero of mine because she brings to everything serious she brings a level of comedy and humanity to it so it's a natural believable person and then to everything funny she brings truth and heart and actually makes you want to cry and breaks your heart so i think she's incredible she's great in peach she's so good particularly that the later series i think she's i think it's such a good performance actually Mm. oh yeah she's just she's great in everything to be honest have you ever met her there are loads of people no, I've never met her. But there, to be honest, I'd be happy with loads of people. I really like lots of. I like lots of people. Quite easy to go to lunch with. Mm. Well, not at the moment. At the moment, hard. No. She can't. But um, <laughs> okay. Um, um, and final two questions now, which I'm going to kind of combine together because they're about kind of other other bits of you in the industry, um, mm. which is what? How did you find it being a producer for the first time? And then also it was asked um, that you're, you're, you're writing at the moment at home with Dave and, and what's, that, what's that process like? That, that they were mm. the, the, the two questions. And then that's it from questions from the web. Wow. Okay. So producer, how did I find it? I did not find it very well. I did not <laughs> like it. <laughs> I, was, I found it very difficult. I have a I always respected producers, but I think I have a better understanding now and I have a lot more respect for them. Um, It's a very difficult job. I think producing for The Fringe is slightly underestimated because Mm. people expect quite a high calibre of work and uh, Mm. material, and yet you have none of the cash. Um, Also, I found that I took on the responsibility of people's happiness too much and it would keep me up at night. I just worried, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, what if... What if Ed isn't happy if he has a bad day? That I found that too difficult. And I think it was good to learn how to do it. And I think I could do producing and something else, like as in I could help with the production of something, but I couldn't be a lead producer. I, it made me realise how much I love being an actor and how I really want to be an actor and to do acting. Well, I think um, with acting as well and writing and creating, it's all about saying yes. Like it's all geared to being as open as you possibly can be. And then mm. if you're producing or you're doing or you're kind of on the other side of, of kind of making sure the work is seen, it's such a delicate balance because obviously you want to yeah. facilitate the work as best you can. But equally, like you, you do have part of a producer's job is to say no sometimes. And that, that's the bit that I always find hard because you know that it, people really want it or, it, you know, it really matters to someone. And, you know, but it can't, you know, it can't, it can't, you can't do it. But have cut your cloth accordingly, as, as Kenny would say. Yeah. I think, but, but, but saying that, you know, I had the most amazing time doing piano play with those guys, like 
oh, those guys are just incredible. I had so much fun and I'm really, really glad I did it because it was something where I thought I'm going to give this a go and it's okay if I'm not good at it, which I find generally quite a difficult thing to do. Mm. Um, and I thought, oh, it'll be a failure if I'm if I'm not good at it and if I don't want to do it afterwards. And actually, I think it's a success. I've, I've done it. We actually were quite successful. It, I had a wonderful time and I've learned at the end of it that it's not what I want to do. And I do still really want to be an actor. And so it was actually a very, very positive experience. But I what I learned was that it isn't for me. That's good. And how is your writing process with Dave? Yeah. What is that process? With Dave? What is that process? Mm. Um, so we both write um, individually. I find with writing, it's one of those things that with acting, it's not difficult for me to go up and to get up and do it. I would love to be doing it all day, every day. Writing, mm. I find a little bit more like I love the re- result, but I find the process a little bit more tricky. Right. Um, okay. And actually writing with him has been really good because um, because there's sort of this. You, I don't feel like 100 percent of the pressure. So I, I yeah. can say, I've got this, oh, maybe this is probably rubbish, but just hear me out. And he can say, no, no, it's not. Actually, I think that's really good. And um, you get someone immediately saying, oh, yeah, you're right, not that, but that's made me think of this. And so you bounce off each other and it takes the pressure off every single little idea. You you can throw things away more quickly because you're like, oh, actually, no, you're right. We should do what you said. Yeah, um, definitely. And we we make dates. So even though we live together, we say, right, when are we writing this week? And that goes in the diary. And we do two hours at a time. Um, And it's been quite fun, I think. We try really hard to keep being open and honest with each other about how we're feeling. So if we're feeling, if I'm like, oh, I feel a bit rubbish. I feel like I've got stupid ideas. And you just sort of let yourself be vulnerable. That actually makes the whole process a lot more easy than, than trying to maintain some facade because then everyone's acting in a sort of strange, you can act in a passive aggressive way or you can end up um, not really saying what you mean, but someone can tell that you're not feeling there's, good. There's got to be a balance, hasn't there? Because if you just say, oh, that's great to everything, then you mm. find yourself, you know, when it's being performed or it's in the rehearsal room, you, you find that you just, you, you regret having not, you know, you're like, you, you, you've got, you got to, you got to discuss stuff, but then equally, yeah, you want to make sure it's a, you're, you're creating a positive environment where, people are coming forward with good ideas and stuff. So it's a balance for sure. Well, I think if you feel quite comfortable in the environment, you are more able to go, oh, do you know what? That thing I said, I am wrong. Yeah. If you're feeling comfortable, you can sort of let things go more easily. I, I've i never had anything that's actually been performed yet. So I'll see what that's like if ever oh, we mate, I can't. It's the most nerve-wracking, excruciating experience. It's great. But it is, it's, it, it's, 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 it's such, cause it's, cause it's all on you. Like, even though it's not like you feel such a, a crazy weight of responsibility, but then equally you feel such a sense of joy when, you know, when you, when you, when you see that something that you've written is, is, you know, was spoken to someone in some way, it's very, very cool. Mm-hmm. I think we're doing, um, well, we're, we're Zoom writing at the moment. Yeah. How does that work? Is that any good? <laughs> it's, um, I mean, it's different than, than the normal process. Um, but no, we, we, we press share screen on Zoom and mm-hmm. we, we do two hour typing intervals. Um, so, so you, yeah, it's not, it's not too different, I suppose, but um, it's, uh, it's certainly different because you can't, you can't How demonstrate anything. 
I was going to say, how is it doing physical gags and explaining them to each other? Do you it's have to like, drop out of shot and like drop out of the screen or something? You try. Yeah, you try. There's a lot of putting the laptop down and then like, you know, kind of prancing around in your living room trying to trying to show if something would work. But no, it's been fun <laughs> and it's been a nice, um, it's been a nice kind of, it's been nice to, to kind of have that structure back like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been quite useful for us. Definitely. I think it's time for you to give the questions from the web theme tune. Oh yeah, what was it? Questions from the web, questions from the web. Very good. And now the quick fire round, which is going to have to be pretty bloody quick fire because we've spoke quite a lot. Have, have you and I gone on a bit? What's Is there a time limit? Three hours? Is that what um, it's supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> I think that works for you and me anyway. Yeah, we're, we're on fifty-eight minutes, <laughs> so um, we probably don't. We probably don't want to go on over over an hour and three. I think. What, why use one word when you can use three, John? Mm, no, indeed, indeed. And as well, the the beginning. I'd say that my style was more meandering and awkward. And as I've gone on to, as I've got through it, it, it it's blossomed. It has blossomed, but what what's happening now is that it, it's going back again. <laughs> Yeah, no, I would, I would say that Dave should, you and Dave should take over as, as the interviewer. After, I don't think this is, I don't think this is the start of a career in kind of interviewing and journalism for me. I don't know. I've enjoyed myself. That's good. It's been nice to have a chat for sure. Oh yeah. Whether whether right, this is on, a quick entertainment, we don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, it's your. You, you say you go. It's your turn. You've got to do the quick fire tune. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Quick fire, quick fire, quick fire. A bit like Danger, okay. Danger, High Voltage. Yes, yes, that is kind of what I was going for, and it was oh, let, let's, let's hope we avoid the lawsuit. Right, we're moving on. So, quick fire round. Um, who mm. is the most likely to die in the group um, in a zombie apocalypse movie? First. The first person to die. Oh, oh yeah, I've done most likely. Who's the first to die? Um, me. You okay? <laughs> Me, because I will. Um, I don't want to be involved in a zombie apocalypse, so I'm the person who um, gets out of there by their own hand immediately, because I know that I'll, otherwise I'm going to have a horrible, gruesome death. Okay, is a jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit? <clears throat> I want to say it's a biscuit. It's a it says cake. <clears throat> yeah, but it's a biscuit, though, isn't it? No, I disagree. Um, who's the most likely to corpse? Well, Me, we know, we know, and Harry we know. Kershaw. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, what is your first memory? Um, my first memory is um, oh, having chicken pox. I had it really, really young, and it was really bad. And I remember being very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your favourite book? Oh, that's so very difficult. Um, it's between Jane Eyre and The Amber Spyglass, which is the third in the uh, Northern Lights trilogy. Um, what piece of advice would you give to anyone um, if they wanted to have a career in acting and creating? Um, <laughs> I was going to say, don't do it. But I don't <laughs> know. Um, um, follow the people that make it fun so don't worry about the rules 
and whatever yeah. you know you need to go to this school or 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 this get in this film or have this agent just follow the people that you enjoy doing it with because there's no point in doing this difficult slightly frustrating career if you're not enjoying it when you get to do it very good favorite film oh uh, hook wow interesting yeah yeah that's a good film and also that was very good advice i got carried away with trying to beat the one hour three mark um and finally um in this time of uh lockdown what is what, what would you say to people to what, what should you know how should they be best getting through this and, and you know what, what's the best way to look after yourself in your opinion what are your tips lockdown tips Lockdown tips is that it is different for everybody. So listen Mm. to yourself. Don't worry about how everyone else is doing it. Some people would really enjoy trying to be really positive all the time. And that's great. But if you find that you that's actually quite draining, then don't worry about it. You can't pour from an empty jug. So you might need to take some time to fill up your jug. However, that however you do that, whether that's reading more, sleeping more, having a bath, drinking more water, um, not taking on loads of projects or the opposite. If, if you find whatever is filling up your jug, take the time now to do it because we've been given it as an option. Very good. I think that's, that's excellent advice. And I think that's a wonderful place to stop. Um, oh, thanks. This has been lovely, Charlie. Um, I hope other yeah. people enjoy it. But if they don't, don't, we've had a nice chat. We've had a nice chat. I've really enjoyed it, Jonathan. It's so nice talking to you. Yep, you I too. Well, I'll see you on Thursday. I love you too. I'll see you on Thursday on Zoom. Will you? Yeah, oh, yes! It's my, it's my oh, mystery yeah. night. My mystery, my mystery night. A mystery event. Mystery yeah. event. I'm so excited. I'll see you on Thursday. Love you, mate. And um, you and Dave, keep safe and be well and all that stuff. And you. And everyone. Look after yourselves. Bye, everyone. This has been Mischief Bye. Makers. Mischief Makers. And you can follow Mischief on Twitter at Mischief Comedy. Um, and there are more interviews available. So check them out. Indeed. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.